It's on, baby! Let's go! Two cold, crispy openings on a Saturday! And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Covert Show. And yes, we are recording on a Saturday afternoon. And did you just hear two cold ones get cracked open on a Saturday afternoon at 12.26 in the afternoon? Absolutely, you did. Because one... It has been just absolutely gorgeous here in the Midwest. We'll talk about that in a second with the weather report coming up. But also, guys, this is going to be our favorite segment of the of the show because we got to bring it to you because not only is it back for college, but folks, spring training games have opened up the board. They started this week and JC's got the Blue Jays on. The Cubs play the Giants at 205 at 230, I believe. One of those two times they kick off their yeah, game or should I say I dude, well yesterday I looked at the schedule and it said uh off day and I was like, it's well that 205 by the there way, you go. Bella, because Cincinnati also first pitch against Cleveland then uh there's there's just a lot. The Cardinals are having their warm-ups, the three teams Outside of the Cubs, of course, that I you know keep an eye on that are not my beloved Blue Jays, who are up three nothing in the top of the second. Shout out to you! That may be the most energetic, enthusiastic <laughs> intro of all time. I, dude, I'm not even I'm lying. lying. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, but that was impressive. You know, that's that's an all timer intro right, right there. I mean, we could just stop recording the intro live and use that and be. And be yeah, going places. Give it a golf clap. Give it a round of applause here. We got some. Oh, but like I said, folks, this weather report is... This is episode 82, by the way. Yes. So it's taken us 82 episodes plus a couple of special edition episodes to get the intro as well as we just did. So shout out for that. That is... We're hey, we're gonna be ready for episode number 100. I'll tell you that right now. We ain't slowing down because... It's it's that time of the year where just everything is going on. Everything is good. We're rocking through it. And, folks, this weather report is brought to you by the good old Bush Latte, even though they don't technically sponsor us, but we still want them to sponsor us. We got a Bush Light shirt on, too, as well. Man, we are really rocking today. We're picking up the vibes on this Saturday. I'm here for I, it 100%. I was about to say, <laughs> we got to talk about what we're drinking. So I'll yes. start with you. What are we drinking on this Saturday, midday on a Saturday? As uh, spring training is finally underway. We got a good old cold bush latte, and I thought about that yes, too before sir. the show. I was like, you Let's know, go. we've got bush light, but I mean, we're kicking the show off at, at noon. And the other night I was, um, when we were going to record, I was going to have a margarita because we National oh, yeah. Margarita Day was February 22nd, and then we just kept sliding the dates back. And I was like, all right, Saturday seems good. We can... We'll see what we got going on. No, we woke up this morning and we're like, no, this is such a beautiful day out. Spring training is the whole entire day. So, and I really don't have anywhere to go today. Maybe go shopping for a gift for my goddaughter because her birthday is next weekend. But otherwise, I don't got anything good to man. do today. Yeah, good man. Yes, indeed. Indubitably. So, here we go. This is what I'm drinking. If you hear a bunch of cringing or, uh, <laughs> wow, that's not good, here's why. Uh, I'm going to see if there's a date on these. Uh, that's well, not what no, you like to hear. There's, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no expiration date on them that I can see, so we're probably fine. Um, <laughs> Nate Pearson's on the bump for uh, the uh, the Blue Jays, by the way. 
We're drinking Bud Light Seltzer iced tea. For those that remember these, I don't know if they're still a big thing. I mean, they weren't that good when we started. So I've got an apple and a peach. We started with the apple, and it's just as terrible as I thought it would be. But by <laughs> God, I had to crack a tab today for this podcast. Let's go. We're, we're feeling good on a Saturday. But, you know, we talk about the weather, man. It's going to be good for the weekend. However, oh, yeah. getting to the early part of next week, we have a 40-degree slide on Tuesday. Oof. So in this week's edition of the most Midwest forecast you've ever heard, so we'll start with today, <laughs> Saturday the 24th, high 53. Okay. Breezy, sunny, beautiful. It's already 43 freaking degrees out. We love to see it. Feels like 34 because of the wind, but we don't talk about that. Nope. Tonight, mostly clear at 32. Again, okay, yeah, fine. We'll do that. Sunday, even better. 58 degrees, two-run home run for the Phillies off of Pearson. That's something you don't love to see. Uh, Sunday night, mostly clear, 38. Okay. To a Monday, sunny, breezy, 68 degrees. Perfect. 68, perfect. Perfect. But we can't have anything nice here in the Midwest. Monday night, a 32-degree slide back down to 36. You're like, okay, that's not great. Tuesday, Chance of rain and snow at 30%. High 49, and then uh, the BS starts back up Tuesday night. Nine above. Jeez. What are we doing? 40% chance of snow in northwest Iowa weather is awful. Good Lord. 49 to 9. 40 degrees slide. Hopefully it doesn't get severe. Hopefully it's cold enough that the severe weather doesn't happen. Because a couple of Decembers ago, we had this sort of setup where it went 60, 30, 40, single digits, and, uh, well, they got a little rocky, but uh, according to this, shouldn't necessarily be a problem. Uh, 29 by Wednesday, and then back to basically 60 by Friday. So, you know, we have the, we're in that stage of the year, excuse me, where the weather, it's a little bipolar, if you will. I mean, we're going 53, 58, 68, 49, 29, 50, and 59 all in the span of a week. And for those of you in South Iowa, or especially Southwest Iowa down here, we got 50 today, 64 tomorrow should be perfect. Monday, we got into the 70s. Now, some places down in Southwest Iowa here, and even a little bit further down towards Nebraska, you guys are going to get an 80-degree day. Let's let's just appreciate that for a minute. 80 degrees in freaking February before March kind of comes up around the bend. We got a 30 degree day coming up on Wednesday. So that slide's going to be real nice for us. And then we just kick it right back up into the fifties going into the weekend. We have no rain on the forecast until next Sunday when I would be driving back or Monday, I should say Monday morning, I'd be driving back. But otherwise for that, it's sunny all week, folks. I mean, how how can you not do this? The one thing that I'm missing currently in my life since I moved to this new apartment, I don't have my patio anymore. And for those of you who kept up on oh, the Instagram, oh yeah, I was I was notorious around this time of the year when the weather was nice. I even did it in December when it was like 61 day in December last year where I, I was mean, sitting growing on the patio. Not, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> NFL Sunday was going on. I had a grill. I had a brewski in my hand. I was just chilling, being being cool as a cat. Cool as a That's cucumber. Right. But, you know, I don't have a grill. As anybody can see, if my door is still open down the way. Pearson, no, another bomb, and it's three oh, to boy. three in the guy. Phillies are <clears throat> coming alive the with the bats. Is, the guy is giving up dangers. 
What are we doing? Oh, you love you. You know, this is the time of year we talked about it before the show, where you really start kind of getting into the spring training memo, and everybody's like, "Well, spring training doesn't matter." It's like we talked about it, and we'll we'll do it again here in a little bit because I've got a piece of nostalgia coming up, but. Spring training for baseball is a different story because you get to see more of your younger talent actually affect the rosters a little bit more. And then the minor league system, the farms switch around a little bit. So you kind of get a little bit better of a competition when it comes down to it. So for all you baseball fans out there, you're seeing a lot more happen with spring training than you do, say, the the preseason for the NFL and the NHL and the NBA and all that good stuff. To wrap up our weather forecast before we uh, get into that, red flag uh, warning for parts of red flag. Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. Uh, yeah, Colorado. Uh, another red flag warning, it looks like, for parts of Alabama and Georgia. Hold on. I got to ask this mode. question. Does it say what a red flag warning is? Is that just wind? It's basically like it's windy, the uh, humidity. It's such that you shouldn't be burning anything. Ah. Because you'll be susceptible ah. to, you know, that's spreading like a wildfire, per se, and you ah. don't want that. That's what the fire department's for. Wow. <laughs> All right. There's our first hot take of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> Good we one. Good one. We do not condone burning during a red flag really warning. Don't. Let me let me look at the uh, uh Actual definition here for you to to really drive home the point. A red flag warning means that critical fire weather conditions are either occurring now or will shortly. A combination of strong winds, low relative humidity, and warm temperatures can contribute to extreme fire behavior. And unlike our good friend Nick, we're we're not going to condone burning during a red flag warning. The, the fire department's got enough problems. They don't need you creating another one. That's right, listener. I'm talking to you specifically. <laughs> yeah, the one the one pyrotechnic listener that's out there is just like, oh, man, I actually got to listen to these guys. Yeah, you kind of oh, do. Because right. as, as much fun as I poke about it, no, it's not probably smart to burn during this. Because, I mean... If you it's if you've ever burned no probably no. if you've ever burned an ag field and somehow <laughs> see how fast that can actually get out of hand if you miss something, then yeah, you understand the whole entire deal of how bad it can get. So do not burn during a red flag warning. We do not condone that. We were just poking fun at the jokes. Cause we're a little hyped up on the energy today. Oh, I didn't man. even have All I right. woke up this morning and didn't even have there's one more rain in my fridge. I didn't even pop that open today. So this is all just natural energy flowing through it. I don't know how how I have this this morning, but I'm loving it. He is pumped. Ba-da-ba-ba. He is fired up and he is ready to go. Okay, well, never mind. Our camera's not freaking pumped up and ready to go. What the hell happened? Uh, We're back. Another to t- week, another camera malfunction. Anyway, while you figure that Good out, Lord. high wind watch, high wind uh, warning for parts of Wyoming and Montana, Idaho, northern Nevada, parts of Oregon. Also, a winter storm warning, I think. Winter, uh, pardon me, winter storm watch as of now. Uh, that includes parts of Oregon, Washington, Idaho. Geez, Pearson is getting rocked right now. Uh, first and third, two outs. He's been hitting upper 90s, though. Kind of love to see that. Just uh, they're hitting the hell out of it right now. Uh, parts of Utah, Colorado, 
uh, there. Uh, we've also, in part of, well, that's another red flag warning for Wyoming, a winter storm warning for parts of Washington, and uh, that pretty much sums her up as uh, the rest of the good old U.S. of A. It's relatively calm, all things considered. Wind advisory, high surf advisory, and small craft advisory all around Hawaii. So there you go. That's a look at our weather forecast. Again, 40 degrees slide on Tuesday You uh, for here in northwest Iowa. I don't know, man. That ain't it. That ain't it. It ain't it. I don't, wanna, I don't even want to think about nine degrees. Here's the thing, you know. We've been so spoiled this year with weather. We have been. Outside of the uh, cold that killed my car battery. That's a story for another day. <laughs> Same. Um, it was not good. Let me just tell you that. Um, nine degrees sounds horrible. I, I'm at a point where Wednesday night where it says 18, that sounds horrible too. Yeah. I just want a nice, solid mid-30 overnight low and uh, for like, I don't know, 50s upper 40s, lower 50s during the day because we, we, we're we ready for it. Let's just, I, I can't even say we earned it because, I mean, we kind of didn't. No. Although that cold spell by itself, for me on a personal level, I feel like I've earned it, but I feel like, you know, we're just ready for it. So there you go. That's a look at the old weather forecast. 70 on Monday, down to 9 Tuesday night. Welcome to the Midwest, I guess. Yeah, that's that's pretty much about how it goes. Once the weather starts kicking up into this, you you start breaking out the shorts and you just start rolling with it. If I go anywhere today, it's rocking some some shorts outside because you know you got to do it because this is the perfect time to get into it. It's not that cold out for all you people thinking that it's cold with a fifty degree day. Well, you know what? Come to the Midwest and experience one week of how cold it was back in December and January. You'll understand why 50 degrees just seems absolutely spot on. So, but Mendoza in to try to avoid a uh, catastrophe in the second inning for the Blue Jays. First to third, two gone, three three game. We got a lot a, of action in the first two innings, man. It seems like Blue it. Jays boy batted one inning. Bichette's got a hit. He's going to be really good this year. I mean, he was really good last year, but, yeah, this is uh, one and one count. Plenty of games okay, rolling thought, on I today. I thought they went too low. I was just like, God, they screwed the hell out of them, but anyway. Plenty of games rolling through today. So far on Slate, currently rolling through before this podcast is done. The Braves' Rays are playing. Braves are up 4 nothing. Red Sox and Orioles are in the top of the third. That's a 1-1 game there. Marlins Cardinals tied at 2-2. Yankees Tigers 3-2 currently in the second. Pirates Twins playing as well. Blue Jays Phillies. You'll be hearing that game all podcast long because the Cubs don't kick four, off till about Phillies, 2. 4-3 Phillies. <laughs> JC's ahead. My computer has not updated. And then you got the Cardinals and Mets. That rounds out your slate for the early games. And then you got Cubs Giants at 2. Reds, Guardians at two, Rockies, A's at two, Mariners, White Sox, Rangers, Royals going back-to-back once again today, Card- or Diamondbacks and Rockies, I don't know why, about said Cardinals at 210, Dodgers, Angels, Brewers, Padres, and then to cap off the night, you got the Astros and the Nationals, and that's just on your major league side. College baseball is in full swing as well, coming throughout the day. 
Plenty of teams are getting hot. Plenty of teams are starting on losing streaks. If you're a fan of college baseball, Louisville is currently 0-4 to start out the year. And if anybody knows the historic career of Louisville, that's not good for them. But the Campbell Fighting Camels, they're playing hot this year as well. Coastal Carolina is trying to do their best to keep things engaged as well. The Chanticleer is looking for another trip to Omaha. The Big Red baseball is playing good. They absolutely put the smackdown on Grand Canyon yesterday in Arizona. Iowa baseball in action once again this weekend as well. As they had a tough game falling to, I believe it was Lehigh last week, or um, somebody around one of the lower levels of, say, of D1. It was Auburn, I think, last night they played. And they I did think play they Auburn. gave that game back, unfortunately for them. Well, let's take a look. I've been – I excuse me. I haven't followed a lot of uh, college baseball. It's always one of those sports where I'm like, I should get into it. And then Blue Jays baseball comes around, and I'm like, yeah, well, it was a nice theory, I guess. It's it's a fun uh, thing oh, to yeah, follow like through. Max by Lehigh. And then turned around and buried Loris of D3, 20-6. Oh, poor Loris. If if you're a fan so of... Beaten, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, so far, the old Iowa Hawkeyes have beaten Seton Hall 5-2, Ball State 5-0, lost to Lehigh, thumped Loris, and then last night lost to Auburn. Today, they've got Virginia, number 14, number 18 versus number 14. It's a nice matchup there for the early part of the season. And conference play doesn't get started. Oh, they play Grandview, too. Interesting. Uh, till like, March 22nd. So, still a little ways away from that. But Hawks off to a 3-2 and two start. Should, as, should uh, be a good game against Virginia to get tonight. back on track. Yeah, I would say it should be a good uh, matchup to watch to see if they can get her done against uh, Virginia today. But... There you go. If, I mean, if to go f- back to the Loris, to go back to the Loris thing, I mean, you kind of have a feeling it's probably not going to go particularly well. You mean, you see it all the time, the lower-level teams do beat uh, the D1 teams. But what a great opportunity for Loris Duhawks baseball to go to Indeed. Iowa City to play in that uh, on that field against number 18 in D1 and you still score six runs. I mean, it's not like you got you know, 20 to six is getting pile driven. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like, you know, you got skunked. No. You at least had an output in the game. Well, and that's one of those things, too, where you look at they it. They all scored six of their six runs came in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. They were down 15 to nothing after six innings. So if you look at the last three innings, technically they won 6-5 in the last three innings. Fun fact. Still impressive of a feat there to be able to to scrap across, especially with this Iowa pitching staff that they have this year. I mean, it's a pretty dominant team as it was last year. They didn't really lose anybody. They lost their big arm last year. Um, But they're still able to hit the ball around. Virginia should be a tough contest for them tonight. Virginia without Kyle Teal. And if anybody knows that, he was the catcher last year. Been a great catcher at Virginia for the last four years. So they've got a good bat as well. Defensively, Virginia is very strong. So, but yeah, for and we'll throw it to American Rivers Conference Baseball as well. BVU has Bethel coming up this weekend. Their weekend series begins today. They ended up having games against Hamlin last weekend. End up putting 20 
six or 23 runs, I believe it was, in game number one with an 18-run seventh inning. So that, or an 18-run, what inning was that? That is a, that is it was a real stat line for those wondering. 26 to 12, they opened up the season as uh, my mouse is just not wanting to click here for some reason. Boy, this computer's been going through the field in this. Um I wow, got the score. I got the scores pulled up here. Absolute meltdown. 26-12 in the opener. Then they lost the team in the game Saturday. 18 runs in the seventh inning. Oh, my Impressive. Lord. That game was 7-2 to, or 8-7. to seven. Hamlin was winning. Talk about a defensive wow. meltdown for the 18. Pipers. So, okay, here we go. I this is going to be a. This is going to take a while here. Eighteen runs in the seventh inning. So it was eight seven Hamlin. Okay, so you get a leadoff flyout, home run eight eight, walk single single RBI nine eight BV. Then you go. So after the single, you have RBI single, RBI single, error brought in a run. Oh boy. Then a two run triple. So for those keeping score now, thirteen to eight, we got a long ways to go. That's only six <laughs> runs. Uh, then we have walk, pitching change, fly out. So there's two outs. It's fourteen to eight with two outs on the sacrifice fly. Jeez. Okay, you're like, all right, this is this is probably no problem. Well, it's about to be double, pass ball, single RBI, pass ball, single RBI, hit by pitch. So we've gone from fourteen to eight to seventeen to eight. This is this is keeping track of where you're at on this line is actually impressive. Uh, double RBI walk, pinch hit, pinch hit double RBI. Uh, new pitcher number two, I believe, of the inning. Uh, error two RBI made it twenty-two to eight. Double pinch hit single two RBIs. Uh, pass ball. Uh, pinch hit single, single, so 25 to 8, and then fly out to center field. So for those keeping score, I should have been keeping a look at this. 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 26 batters, I think, came up in the inning. Goodness. And you look at the... And most impressive part is that 11 runs, 11, I'm going to say it one more time, 11 runs came with two outs. That, Think see, about that's that. impressive. That is incredibly impressive. So it's 14 to 8. You've had a really good inning. You had seven runs in the inning. You're thinking, okay, fine. 11 runs on two outs. You're working with one singular out and you still get the job done. There's a reason they're a favorite in the arc. <laughs> they, yeah, on the side of baseball, uh, they end up beating Hamlin fifteen to three in seven innings today. A doubleheader uh, against Bethel at Topeka, and then they play them again tomorrow. They don't get into conference play. It's a little while out there still. March twenty second as well. But boy, then they go and play some games down in Florida, which you know you gotta love to see that. We and, do love it. Uh, anytime you see a different time zone on a D3, uh, 
schedule. You'll love to see that. Oh, did the Jays go yard? Nope. I think that's uh, Philly hitting another. Boy, he just missed that. I'm not even sure who's batting. But, yeah, he just missed another one. Well, we talk about... Cody Clemens. First double of the season. Oh, he went right down the middle. Cody. Oh, you can't throw it to that. Come on. Cody Clements, former Texas Longhorn there on the Blue Jays. Speaking of Texas, if you're a fan of high-scoring baseball games, if you're on the winning side of it... Which we are. We are. This one actually kind of gets a little bit out there on the high-scoringness when it comes to it. Last night, Texas Tech, the 19th-ranked Red Raiders, decided to host Texas Southern. And Texas Southern came into this game thinking, all right, we got we got a little bit of a chance to try to make some stuff happen in Lubbock. Texas Tech opens up the game with a six-run bottom of the first. Then in the third, another six runs. So it's 12-0. Then you go to the fourth, four runs. 16. Then you go to the fifth inning. Another six runs. There's 22. Then you go to the third or to the sixth inning. Texas Southern finally gets another run across the plate as they scored in the top half of the first inning. Then they get four runs in the sixth. I'm struggling to speak here. Texas Tech pushes across three in the sixth. Then you got six in the seventh for the Red Raiders, one in the eighth. And finally, that was all the scoring that was done. Texas Tech wins, setting a school record for runs in a game, 32 to 5. 32 <laughs> runs in a baseball game. Let's just let that oh sink God. for a minute. Wow. 32 runs oh, were scored. Man, if you're on the wrong side of that, you turn that game oh. off in like the second. Jeez Louise. Dude, it, 24 hits for the Red Raiders, no errors. For the line score for Texas Southern, five runs, seven hits, six errors for the Tigers. And here's the thing. There were actually not a well, lot of home one runs. One of your big problems is, Six errors. I mean, that'll kill you. Just you can't extend a, a game against a team like that. No, it it was it was just an onslaught. There were a few home runs. Two Texas Tech Red Raiders had multiple home runs in this game. But I mean, otherwise, it was just good hitting by by Texas Tech. I mean, they were just slashing the ball across the yard. And obviously, not the day for the pitchers for the Texas Southern Tigers. But they still end up getting to play today one more day. Hopefully the bullpen staff is a little bit more well-rested and kind of on on their line here. Texas Southern went through four pitchers in that game, which is shocking that it was only four. But at the same time, you're not going to let your bullpen kind of just get wasted out. Two pitchers go three innings say, at least. There's at some point when you're down 22 or, you know, 18 or whatever, however many, however many runs you're down. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of honesty to yourself. Of you're probably not coming back. And that's probably what helps boost that score too. I mean, if you're a guy in there that's getting hit, I mean, there's only so much you're going to do, but yeah, I'd be on the side of, I think you said it was 18 after three or four or whatever it was. There's got to be some acknowledgement of, Yeah. This just isn't our day, and that's, this kid's unfortunately going to have to go out there and wear one for us. <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's the that's problem, too. That's pretty much what it is. And, I mean, you see the same thing in sports throughout. I mean, oh yeah, there's a lot of nights 
you know, the NHL is a good example of where a goalie is just having an awful night. Most of the time they'll be subbed out, but if you're playing a game the next day, you have to weigh that option of uh, Blue Jays get out of the inning unscathed, middle of the third, fourth, three. You have to weigh the option of playing a fresh goalie the next day. If you're down 4 nothing, 5 nothing after like two or after one, sometimes the guys just got to wear it, and it's their game. And that's the tough tough part about that position, whether it's a pitcher, uh, whether it's a goalie. It's, unfortunately, if it's not going well, there'll be scenarios where you just get to sit out there and you get to wear it, basically. It kind of becomes your burden to carry, and that's – that's the beauty about sports, though, because sometimes you can have one of those really, really good days where there's nothing nothing stopping you, and then the next day it could be a hell of a lot worse. Kennesaw State yesterday scored 18 runs on the 10th-ranked team in the country for Clemson. Today could be a whole different story. The Clemson Bats could come out. Texas Tech could end up losing to Texas Southern. We don't know that. That's the whole deal. The Blue Jays could come out in this next half of the inning and just absolutely start raking. We don't know that. That's the beauty about sports, man, is you just you got to sit there and watch because this is the one thing I will always say this, especially if it's a playoff game. Your team is down by a decent amount, right? Your team is kind of letting it, just letting it play for the day and yada, 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 and everybody just kind of starts making their way out to the doors or they're just not paying attention to the game. They're like, oh, we can beat the traffic home. If you're in a playoff game especially – my ass is sitting in that seat for the entire game. I paid one good money for oh, this, oh yeah. but two, you have no clue what is going to happen at the end of this game. Even if yeah, it's I like, mean, especially if oh. it's your team. I mean, I've as the Blue Jays and Devils fan. Let me tell you, I've sat through <laughs> games where uh, we just actually had one of these, uh, where the or the Devils got mauled six to two by Dallas. Do you want to leave? Kind yeah. of. Do you want to sit here and watch your team get absolutely piss rocked the whole game? No, no, you sure don't. But like it's your team, and like you said, you paid good money for it. You got to tough it out. And oh, some yeah. interesting stores from the top twenty-five that I'm looking at: NC State and Hawaii combined for twenty-nine runs in a seventeen-twelve NC State win. Uh, there was a couple other high-scoring ones. Vanderbilt beat Gonzaga 12-2. Bo Bichette, the hit machine. How about that? He's got another one. It's two for two. Let's go. Um, yeah, you're talking about Kennesaw State. 18-1. Woo. Clemson's going to come back fired up today. Yeah, they are. Alabama beat Valparaiso 14-2. Sacramento State beat number 22. UC Santa Barbara 6-2. Really good one. Actually, a low-scoring, well-played game, which is not common for the top 25 games. Number 15, North Carolina, 2-1 winners over number 11. Boba Shet just stole second. Oh, mercy, here we go. Uh, Number 11, East Carolina lost 2-1. Number 2, Arkansas. Number 7, Oregon State was 5-4. That was a hell of a game. Cal Poly, uh, 2-0. TCU, number five, UCLA, number 20, was a 4-3 game. So, you know, you get a couple of those top 10, top 20 contenders together. It should be good, but. That Oregon State, Arkansas game. Oh, Holy Cross in Kansas State was the other one I looked at. Oh, 
we're getting a little signal interference here. What are we doing? So I was just waiting for you to go. Oh, sorry. I thought we were getting some signal interference. No, that Oregon State-Arkansas game was absolutely nuts. Arkansas ended up coming back um, with a walk-off in the final – or uh, there was a triple hit to lead off the inning in the bottom of the ninth, and then they ended up walking that game – or in the eighth, walking that game off pretty much was still the Beavers had to go in the ninth. But, I mean, man, this was incredible. Arkansas scored three runs in the fifth inning. They get that fourth run across in the sixth, and then the bats for Oregon State came alive with a bomb to lead off in the seventh, and then it all just started getting there. Also, we'll talk about this on the other show, but how about this for a stat line yesterday? I liked it on Twitter because this is just one hell of a pitching performance. Let's see if the stat line is on ESPN here. Because for pitching yesterday for Arkansas, it was an absolute monster. 23 total strikeouts on the day for Arkansas pitching. But the biggest story of the day was the starter for Arkansas. I'm going to load this up here. I'm getting it, getting it, getting it. We're finding it. We're finding it if the phone loads. There we go. 17 strikeouts in six innings for the Arkansas big arm, Hagen Smith. And this guy has been a trouble for the SEC for college baseball for the last few years. But Hagen Smith yesterday, like I said, it 17 Ks in six innings alone. So out of the 23 Ks that the Razorback pitching staff had, he was 17 of them. So give it up for that, man. That's a pitching performance and a half, especially to quiet down this Oregon State heavy offense. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, that's really hard to do better than that. Uh, Blue Jays, to interject again, because, you know, we're watching games as we're going here. Bo Bichette single, Justin Turner double or a base hit scores. Bichette after he steals second. 4-4, nobody out. Second and third, Varsho at the dish. Danny Jansen again has has another hit. You're pretty darn solid, and I'm about ready to turn on the old Devils game here and, and uh, probably be, you know, I'm not even going to say it. We're going to be uh, feeling good. We're going to pick up a big win, and things are going to start turning around. The double distraction here is going to be fantastic. It's just going to be back and forth. Oh, home run! I'm glad you're amused. I feel like everybody else is going to be uh, not nearly as uh, amused as everybody. you are, but... You know, as long as, <sighs> as long as you're amused, I mean, that's what it's about. I'm actually, to kind of wrap up the baseball segment, I'm actually really excited for how oh, this he season. It. He dropped it. He dropped a ball. Wait, what he did he drop? And only one run scored. A ball got hit out to uh, right. Oh, no. And I don't know if it skipped in because I only caught the tail end of the play, but I think he dropped it. Oh. Because it would have skipped in. Let's see here. Varsho. Swing and a drive, left field. Really good. Stout contest. Oh, they don't even show the replay. All right. Well, I'm just no. going to say he dropped it because that's what it looks like. Blue Jays up oh, 6-4 if my computer is actively correct today. But I'm actually super oh, excited. Oh, wow, we got a fucking spoiler on the podcast. Well, it's 6-4 to four now. They just hit a gap or it was 5-4 when you said that. Oh, we got ourselves a spoiler. <laughs> Damn it. Six four. You love to see it. All right, we got the Devils game pulled up. Oh, boy. All right, we're going to have to do some screen minimizing here. Oh. So, 
with the Devils on one screen, the stuff for the podcast on the all oh, the Blue Jays are doing it again. Oh wait, maybe that's a replay. <laughs> oh, that is a never mind. Oh. Uh, anyway. So we've talked a lot of college baseball. Props to us for that. Um, it's it's going to be interesting because you know obviously you're a hardcore college baseball. I'm not as hardcore. If I find it, I'll watch it. I mean, obviously, it's baseball. You can't go wrong. Uh, game's going on now at the time of this recording at 1 in the afternoon. Throw down to second. Oh, they got him by a mile. Who is that? Wow, that was some kind of bad. Is that Kevin Kiermeyer wearing number seven? That can't be right. God, he got a horrible jump. Um, anyway. The Tennessee Volunteers lead Albany 13-2 in the sixth. That's the only score for top 25 teams. There's two games in the top of the first that zeros. So, there you go. That's all I got. There we go. Also, also one other side note. I, I, I assume that they said that's all I got. How about Hawaii and NC State's first pitch of, wait for it, 11.35 p.m., Central Time. Jeez. At night. Oh, my God. You can watch baseball all day long. Horowitz at the plate for the uh, Blue Jays, by the way. Man, you could have started whatever Albany and Tennessee's first pitch was. You could have sprinkled in pro baseball, and then you could still at 1135 at night be like, oh, yeah, let's just turn on a Hawaii game. I don't know where you find that game, but, boy, that's – a good day of baseball right there. Full slate of games all throughout the country for college baseball. Full slate of games for the MLB spring training. This is the time of year that we live for as baseball fans because now you don't get a break because there's midweek games coming up for college, especially when conference play kind of starts getting into the full swing of things. You'll have big conference series all weekend. Then the MLB starts here with opening day in April, so you're going to really start getting into those games, and especially opening day is a holiday. Personally, I think it's a national holiday, and you should get the day off, but that's beside the point. Amen and hallelujah. (laughs) I think we say that every single year. Two sets of sports that deserve a national holiday. Oh. You know that Thursday, Friday of March Madness? Yep. When that first weekend and things are getting kicked off, that's one. Uh, baseball opening day is the other one. You know, I enjoy hockey as much as the next guy, but there is something there. There is something to be said about opening day um, baseball. It's, I mean, I've, I've had, oh. been fortunate in my young life to be able to say that I've actually gotten to firsthand experience my team uh, in an opening day. And I don't know, man, there's something, and it sounds so cliche, but the pageantry of it, I mean, just the whole, I don't know. It, it, the, the pageantry, I guess you could say, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's American pastime. It gets changed. The game's gotten changed a whole bunch in the last few years. But it hasn't taken away from the – that's just must-watch baseball for the opening day. I mean, even for me, like the West Coast games that play at like 9, 9.30 at night, 9.15, whatever you, time you pick, it just doesn't get any better than that, man. It never does. Because, I mean – and that's the thing is like you look at how 
much more important, it almost seems, for opening day. And then you get through the season, and you're like, okay, yeah, baseball's still fun. Like, it's here. But opening day, you're sitting there waiting for that day. And then all of a sudden, yes, opening weekend itself. You're sitting there waiting for that weekend because that's when you're just like, okay, baseball is officially back. Everybody's rolling in. Your, Your truly devoted fans are all sitting there. They're like, they're waiting for games every single day. Like they're checking the schedules, checking the standings. And that's when it all starts. You get kind of into the middle of the summer and you're like, all right, now we got to really start chasing numbers here. And then you get to about the time of September and you've got people sitting on the edge of their seats. Cause they're just sitting there like, Oh, are we going to make the playoffs? Are we not going to make the playoffs? Who's got the wild card? Who's chasing our tail? Can we win the standings? <laughs> I mean, it's, it just starts. There's specific dates in a baseball season, especially for the MLB. When you really start paying a lot more attention, if you are a true baseball fan, it's like opening day, mid July, right before the all-star break. And then September when the standings really start getting the matter. I was going to say, the thing that, for me on a personal level, I'm going to try to do a lot better with this season is not worry about the standing so much in April, May, June. Because, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, obviously you don't want to tank the first three months of the season. But, you know, and and not be so hyper-fixated on the standings. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. so much happens in that last July, August, September. This year, not the case. But last year, like, first two days of October – uh, for the regular season that you just, you got to pick and choose. Like you said, when you start standings watching, I mean, we're already doing it as devil fans for hockey. And uh, the fact we're doing it in February is not a good sign. We'll talk about that coming up, but that's not good. Let me tell you, you really shouldn't be doing that this soon. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Blue Jays have scored at least one more run since we last talked about it. It's seven to four. By the way, this game is in the bottom of the wait for it, third inning. That's crazy. Seven to four, Blue Jays lead two outs, runner at first. We talk about high score games today. Here we go. The other thing about spring training is you can get out of your own way a little bit of like if your team has one of those games where you just get bodied like 17 to nothing, 17 to five, whatever. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is where you're seeing the youth of your team, whatever. Exactly. But it makes for entertaining games when you have games like today where it's 7-4. to four. Blue Jays got up 3 nothing. Uh, then the good old Phillies came back, scored 4. Blue Jays have answered with another 4. It just makes for entertaining baseball. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, this year, I'm super excited about how the talent is going to come up throughout teams. Because, I mean, big trades were made around. The um, the Orioles pitching staff got a big bump with Corbin Burns, as well as just their offense and their young talent. And look at how well it did for them. They went through their farm system. They've been playing it right. And now they're set for success this year. And especially with that Burns pickup, you're good. If you're the Dodgers, you're sitting with a lot of really good talent on here. And everybody's wondering, we make the... The joke all the time, is it just going to be a regular season or is it going to be a World Series this year for Los Angeles? You look at the Cubs and how young this team has been over a couple of seasons. They just got Craig Council as a manager. Christopher Morell is still playing good. You pick up a couple of young guys from your your minor league organizations. You're sitting pretty. Craig now Council? Yeah, Craig Council is now the weirdest. I, I, I know that. Craig Council is still the weirdest offseason pickup, I think, yeah. of all. Of all the things that went on, Craig Council going from the Brewers to the Cubs. So weird, man. That was that was weird. I mean, you look at these first two days of scores that have gone final, too. 
How about the freaking Dodgers scoring? I think it was seven, eight runs, eight runs in the first inning of any game played back on Thursday. Poor Padres. Holy cat. Holy jumping, man. Puck Holy. drop in Newark, by the way. Um, so the distractions are going to be plentiful now. Uh, Dodgers and Padres, 14 to one in game one. Dodgers come back yesterday, win four to one. I had a chance to watch a little bit of the Rockies and Diamondbacks game. Uh, that also, that was a three nothing score. Rangers, Royals, four, uh, five, four. Cubs absolutely smacked the dog shit out of the White Sox yesterday. Yeah, they did. Head to head matchup. I mean, I don't think we're exactly surprised, but spring training isn't necessarily, you know, you think about this, like the Diamondbacks Rockies game. Like, if that's a regular season game, you think, okay, probably Diamondbacks win it. But that's the thing about this yeah. spring training is there's so many different players that, many of which probably won't see higher than AAA during the regular season, that it just makes the game different and that much more interesting well, uh, and for think, the regular season. But, yeah, we have... I was going to say, think about it this way. When you have the minor league... Or when you have a lot of the minor league talent up here, yeah, your farm system has a scouting report, but not a lot. Not everybody has the scouting report on these guys. I mean, for example... For the White Sox, Tim Elko, former Ole Miss national title winner back in um, 2022, it was. You had a team, or you had a guy like that who was hitting 300 throughout the entire year of college through SEC play, everything like that. He gets to the White Sox organization, doesn't make it through the minors as of yet, but he's a very good hitter. I assume in the next couple of years he should be kind of working with the White Sox. But you get a guy like him, he went yard yesterday. The Cubs don't have a scouting report on him. The Rangers you got a lot of their young talent coming back through with the World Series back-to-back sitting on the line. Bobby Witt Jr. for the Royals, he's a big name. But otherwise, I mean, you got guys that are kind of going down this list on these rosters that you don't get to see during the regular season. So you can pitch them the same way that you would any normal guy, but they might be able to hit the off-speed. They might actually be able to see spin that day really, really well. And your breaking ball might not be on, or it could be really good, and you throw it exactly where you want it, and they just swing at it. That's the beauty of spring training is you get to see all these young guys. And I know we're kind of beating a dead horse when we say that, but you get to see what these young guys can do to be able to make a difference on teams. And I love that. That's just absolutely awesome. So we have two updates for you. The Devils and Montreal Canadiens, two minutes in, is scoreless. Top of the fourth. I'm seeing what you mean. This uh, Google spring training scoreboard is way behind it has a four three Phillies still, so it must update by the inning, I guess. I'm it's watching on ESPN right now, like on the on the scoreboards. Seven to four Blue Jays. Uh, we'll talk about hockey coming up, but let's dial in now to this spring training slate today. We talked about the early part of the spring training uh, that's been played already. Dodgers look good. I mean, coming up, I'm sure at some point in the next month or so we'll talk about are the Dodgers real or are the Dodgers a real regular season team as you put it got my theories and I think it'll surprise nobody that ball just got launched but did not leave yard all right Phillies are hitting the living shit out of it but they're only double boy they're just missing some bombs in this game uh Braves four nothing over the Royals Red Sox and Orioles two one Good old Yankees and the Tigers. The Tigers. 
Strong Tigers, but funny to say nonetheless, 3-2, bottom two. Marlins, Cardinals, 2-2. Cardinals apparently have a split squad game today because they're also playing the Mets in the bottom of the third. Uh, Twins, Pirates, 2-2. And that's it. But game's coming up. Giants, Cubs, Rockies, Athletics, who basically got told, I think we talked about this last episode, but last episode was a blur to me, so... If we did, I, I'd take personal responsibility for talking about this again. Athletics basically got told to uh, stay in the Bay Area, which That's I'm sad. honestly surprised. That's sad. I'm honestly surprised because I thought, you know, the thing that was going to annoy the shit out of me was the Athletics are going to go to Vegas and do what the Golden Knights have done, and that's oh. win a title and get to a bunch in their first six years. That grown pretty much sums it up. Uh, other games today, Reds-Guardians at 2.05, about an hour-ish from now. Uh, Mariners-White Sox, Brewers-Padres, Rockies-Diamondbacks, nothing later than 5.05, Astros and Nationals, Dodgers and Angels, the other game going on. Devils are buzzing, but they haven't put one in the back of the net yet. Uh, so there's that. Blue Jays still up 7-4. to four. Got to be excited from a Cubs fan perspective what you saw yesterday. I mean, oh, yes. Eight to one. You probably went through about nine different pitchers, if I had to guess, because of how spring training works. You went through three, six, okay, eight. Close. Um, the run was early. You got six runs in the first inning. I mean, oh, yeah. It was Christopher Morell let it off with a fun. bomb yesterday. I mean, Opening hit to lead off, you got to run around first, and Christopher Morrell just goes yard. And that's the big thing, too, is like you look at the young talent on this Cubs team. You've still got a veteran, Ian Happ. Dansby Swanson still has four more years on the contract this year included. So that's huge for us. The middle infield is just going to be be nuts. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, he was a guy that got pulled up last year from the minors, and he did excessively well for a few games. And then kind of with the way that that Cubs team was set up when you had Mancini, you had... Um, Caratini, or not Caratini, um, Candelario. Then you had, um, as well, Suzuki came back. Just that whole entire team was kind of built around, okay, so which guy is going to be able to step up next? And now, especially without Bellinger being on that list, which I don't know why the Cubs still haven't signed him, it's not making me very happy if you guys can't tell because I'm going to miss it because that was a big bat to have, especially with... In the I month- was going to say, didn't, oh. didn't Bellinger get signed somewhere else already? I don't... To my knowledge, no. Belly is still on the board. And this is the thing that's really pissing me off about it is through the entire month of July going into August, Belly was hitting like 407. Just absolutely hitting tanks around the yard. Just you could not get Bellinger out. So I want yeah, him to stand correct. It does Cubs. seem like he uh, has not signed. <sighs> I thought he, I could have sworn he signed somewhere that wasn't Chicago. I must be thinking of somebody else. But yeah, he has not signed anywhere officially yet. So, Cubs, if you're there listening you to this, Ricketts, if you're listening to this, first of all, in the shout front out. Office, sh- shout out to what? Shout out to them listening. Yeah, yeah, please, please listen. But if you guys are listening in the front office, listen to the Cubs fans. Listen to a chance to possibly do something really cool this year that we somewhat choked down the drain last year. Get us to a playoff. Sign Bellinger, please. I need Cubs postseason baseball ASAP. Also, I'm still looking forward to going to, hopefully, Kansas City 
at the end of July to go see the Cubs and the Royals. I will make that trip if I can. I will personally make that trip by myself because I want to go see another Cubs game because that was fun. I also want to go see Kaufman before they end up tearing that down, which is really sad because Kansas City, Oakland got told they got to stay in the Bay Area. Kansas City just announced this year that they are currently not going to be playing at Kaufman anymore, I believe, after this season. They're starting to break ground on a new stadium, which actually it looks pretty cool. They had 3D designs and everything out on Twitter the other day that I saw, which was really fancy. They're going to keep the waterfall, which thank God, because that's an iconic backdrop for baseball. But I need to get to see Kaufman at least once because I've lived this close to it and have not gotten there. And I'm a, I'm a pocket Royals fan when it comes to that because I'll take that as my American League team, mostly because that's the only other team I grew up with around here. And... I've got family who are Royals fans as well, so I've kind of grown up with Alex Gordon. You know, I kind of figured you'd be a Chicago White Sox fan. I just figured you'd go Chicago through and through. No, 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 no. Don't ever say that again. You can't be a North Sider Uh, and a South Sider. That's that's worse worse than being a Nebraska fan and a Texas fan, which I am both. But (laughs) Well, uh, well, well. Blue Jays oh. lead seven to four. They strand the runner at third. That was the perfect reaction I was looking no. for. By the way, no, good job. That's like being a Devils and a Rangers fan, dude. You get out of my head, it, man. Get out of my you head. I was just it. gonna say that. I was like, if you really want me to you dig up the dirt, do that. <laughs> you can't, dude. It's oh, that's like well, saying that you're. I mean, a... the Devils oh. and Rangers would be more, more severe because their division. Yeah, and the Cubs and the White Sox aren't even in the same conference. So yeah, but it's eh. it. it yeah. I get I get the principle though. Yeah, I thought it was funny, and that's why I said, "Oh, that goalie thought he had it, but he didn't." Devils can't. Oh, I thought there was a score yeah, there. Got that right there, just Devils can't. Oh. All twenty six to go. It's still nothing, nothing. Jack Hughes. He was a boy. Early thought there, skating not as uh, crisply as you'd like to see. What was it the He's other day? Happy. On TikToks, speaking of Husey Boy, I saw something where I forget who they were playing because it's been this long, but both him and a guy that got in a, a little bit of a tussle ended up both sitting in the penalty box, and you could see on screen Hughes mouths the words, they pay to watch me play. I'm like, damn. Oh, sure did. Jack Hughes, fire me up one time, buddy. I mean, that's some. Here's the that thing. takes some balls to say, but. At the same time, it is kind of true. Hughes is lighting it up for the Devils. Here's the thing, though: you got it if you're going to be the star, which you hope he is. You got to get past the point, and I realize that he's young, and I realize this team is not as good as they should be at this point. As the star, you've got to get past the vocalizing your opinion, yeah, and go into the mode of I'm going to carry this goddamn team to the playoffs if, if it breaks my back in half. I agree with that, 100%. And, I mean, you, we've seen this, and the Devils, obviously. Taylor Hall, the year they made it in 2018, he carried that team. He drug that team. That's why he won MVP that year. But he drug that team. And, you know, you look at the, the playoffs, and it's been a while now, but that uh, playoff series with Kansas City, Jose Bautista hits like two or three bombs in the game trying to drag his team. There's going yeah. to be a moment where this locker room for the Devils and Jack Hughes, they become you become that guy that can just drag the team with you. When you're not, I mean, talking, I mean, you have to do it for the media. Montreal about scored right there. 
Um, but that's the thing that, and I don't think it grates on me yet because he's young. But that's where the Blue Jays are at now. It's time to put up or shut up because the whole youth conversation's probably gone. Yeah. I mean, you've got it to a lesser extent, but yeah, that, that's the thing that he, the Hughes comment, first of all, was like, that's a good flex, other than the fact you're not a playoff team. <laughs> um, I don't remember who they were playing. I remember seeing the highlight. Let's, let me flash back here. I got pulled up in a, in like, a tab. And here's, here's my thing when it comes I to doing. I think it was the Kings. I think it was, it was the, Kings the Kings who we ended up losing to. It was the we Kings. We lost to them 2 1. But here's the thing that I say about it is like one, I especially with the young guys, they're trying to stand up to the older dudes. They're trying to make sure that their name is known. I get that a hundred percent. But at the same time, it's like you need that experience to be able to push you forward to and be able to develop that. Nothing. Yes. Like you gotta be able to prove yourself first before you can really say that. And granted, like I said, you have a lot of young talent for guys that just come in number one draft picks, top five draft picks, whatever, that just automatically come out, make an impact, and do whatever. And it continues to grow for you. Like, you don't take a setback. You might take a couple of games slide back, but you're not completely falling down in the dirt after two seasons of being great. And that's the thing you got to be able to keep consistent and grow to be able to be, like you said, a guy that can literally put the team on your back and drive you to the playoffs, drive you to a title win. You got to be able to become that guy. And I mean, every every young guy has that fire moment of where it's like, "All right, yeah, I'm going to say something that I probably shouldn't have said or I'm a, I'm not going to regret it, but at the same time, I was young, I was I was this guy. Now I've switched it around." But as you kind of get older and get that experience, some of these guys that really start kind of lipping off just a little bit, unless you can really back it up, somewhat pisses me off in sports, but I love the competitive nature of it. And it's just kind of, I feel like some people do it at the wrong times, and a lot of people do it at the right times. Like Bautista. It was funny. Last year, when my dad and I went to see the Reds and the Blue Jays in Cincinnati, Reds and Blue Jays are not literal spinning images of each other, but very similar in that both teams are young. Reds are obviously a little bit more young, I would say, than the Blue Jays are. But the amount of swag stuff that was going on, I mean, De La Cruz was doing his thing out there. Oh. The Blue Jays were doing their thing. My dad, after the first game, was like, this is pissing me off because these guys have proved <laughs> nothing. Neither of these teams has won jack squat in the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah, I can see the argument there. Man, like you said, if it's your team, and unless in the case of my dad, I guess. But, like, for me and the Blue Jays, it's, it's fun – Kind of like you were saying, to a point. Yeah. I mean, you can do all the swaggy shit you want, but at some point, if the Blue Jays would have missed the playoffs, last year would have been a perfect example of, if they would have missed the playoffs, that would have just been a more annoying thing. Of Like, you didn't even make the playoffs. Like, that's a lot of swagger to have for a team that's not going to make the playoffs. But, I don't know. They made the playoffs last year. It ended with a thud. But, um, I don't know. they got to... We'll see what happens this year, but I think they've got a pretty good shot to make some noise. I mean, Guerrero is thinned out, I think is probably the right word to put it. He he looks a lot better than he did last year, mm -hmm. just physically. And, you know, that tells me that maybe we are taking this season a little ser more seriously than you have years past. 
Um, I mean, Bichette's going to do what he's going to do. I mean, the guy's a freaking machine. So, well, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating because you look at the Devil or the Devils trying to do two things at once, not working <laughs> out. But you look at the Blue Jays um, start to the season. You talk about a slate that's brutal. This will be this at the end of the first month. Will either be like this team's legit, legit, or, or they're going to do some soul searching. Four out of the gate at Tampa, three at Houston, three Damn. at New York, Damn. three at home against the Mariners, Damn. three at home against the Rockies, Okay. three at home against the Yankees, Damn. three on the road against the Padres, Shit. and that gets us to April 21st. You oh boy. play the Yankees, so we got to go back through this. You play the Rays four times on the road. Houston three times on the road, Ooh. the Yankees six times, the Mariners three times, the Rockies, who I give props probably more than most people would. I think will be better than people think. I agree. The Padres for three, and then you get done with that, and boy, oh boy, you get the Royals for four, baby. You better win three of the four because you turn around and you get the Dodgers at home and then the Royals again. And then things kind of calmed down. But, man, that first month from... That's a gauntlet, bro. The last game in the Dodgers series is April 28th, and the season starts of the first month, literally. So it goes 28 to 28. Man, oh, man, that first month. Oh. We're going to see what we're made of. The Cubs like don't the have schedule, it any better. <laughs> like, the schedule Holy on shit. first glance is... You, you think about Tampa and Houston... And New York, but then you like take a step back and you go, we beat Tampa when they were as good as they've been in I don't know how long. When they had that hot streak, we beat Tampa. Yeah, like you, you can probably I don't want to say three or four, but you could probably split in Tampa. Houston's one of those dodgy teams. It seems like we either just get pile driven and run out of the building, or we somehow scrap together. So you say you win one of the three there. The Yankees are the ones for me that my opinion of that series has flipped in the last few years. I think we've talked about this um, in episode past, probably. There was a time you went to the Bronx and automatically assumed you were going to lose the series. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last few years, that is not the case. The Blue Jays, I think it was last year or the year before, I can't remember, swept a four-game series in the Bronx for the first time since, like, 2 Damn. So, like, those games against the Yankees aren't scary. The ones that are scary are the Mariners. Like, for whatever reason, we just don't play Seattle very well. But the other side of that coin is, at least you're going to start seeing really, really, really good baseball the first month of the year. Yeah. You know, you obviously hope you come out of there with not a horribly bad record. I mean, if you come plus 500, you're feeling pretty darn good. But yeah, I was looking at that and going, mm. oh, because that's that's gonna be interesting. We'll just say that um, the Cubs. But yeah, I think the Cubs really don't have it any better. I mean, here we go on opening day at six thirty-five. So you know where Nick will be as soon as work gets done. <laughs> we're sitting at home watching the Cubs on opening day on ESPN. But they've got the Rangers for three in Arlington. The Rockies for three after that. Then they got the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mariners, the Diamondbacks for three on the road for 
since San Diego, so April 8th going all the way down to the 17th, there's a full month and a half on the road, or a full month pretty much on the road. And then you got Miami, who that one could be the Cubs They're don't play the Marlins. Team, yeah, the Car- Cubs don't play the Marlins well. I mean, that's last year especially was just not good the against Marlins the Marlins down the stretch. Are one of those teams that I could see making a playoff appearance. This year they definitely because, could. Yeah, I mean, last year I think they got in at the last second and it was not close no. in their first round. But, you know, the Blue Jays got swept out too, so I can't say much there. But they feel like a team that, especially if they get going early, yeah, could be a team to watch out for. I don't know the women's division necessarily, but they'll make some noise uh, and put themselves in a pretty favorable position to try to make a run at the playoffs. Well, and if Luis Arias hits as well as he did last year, where he was consistently hitting like 330 throughout the entire year, then yeah, you're going to be kind of sitting looking at, all right, how is this Marlins team going to be able to do, to really steam up? You got Jazz Chisholm on that lineup as well. But I mean, the biggest one that I'm looking at down this schedule is one, actually two biggest series. One, I want to see how Texas plays just with the, the threat of the World Series hangover looming over their heads. But I feel like that's going to be a pretty tough game at Globe Life to open up. The Diamondbacks, to me, are a team that's everybody's been. I've been kind of hearing the the skepticism on the Diamondbacks last year were good, but they weren't they weren't good. Like, and you could definitely see the flaws in that young Diamondbacks team. Of all right, they can play together good, they can come up in in good moments, but at the same time, the small things were what really kind of killed the Diamondbacks in the World Series. That they're like I said, they're young, they don't really have a lot of experience there. I mean, one of the last teams to play early 2000s, you don't have anybody on that team that played in the playoffs. So now it's going to be a thing of, is Arizona going to be able to bounce back? And then for the Cubs, I mean, you got a whole opening series of pretty solid competition. So this first month is going to be a little bit of a gauntlet for Chicago as well. And then after to close out the month of April from Miami, you got Houston for a three-game stretch, and then you got Boston to close out April as well as the Mets. So, strong starts for both teams on the Blue Jays and the Cubs. We'll see how it goes, and we'll and see where the state old... of depression moves in. Shit. Wow, that's a fast start for that. Um, <laughs> Blue Jays have given up the lead again. I believe this is now a 7-7 game. No, scratch that, 7-6. So, we're technically still leading. Uh, that's now 13 runs for the two teams, and we've played – Four-plus innings. There's no outs in the pit. Uh, Blue Jays and Cubs, for those that uh, aren't familiar with the schedule and haven't read it up, down, backwards, and sideways like your boy has here, uh, August 16th through the 18th, the Blue Jays come down to Wrigley Field to take on the Cubs. So we'll have that to look forward to. Hopefully both teams are playing well and the uh, games matter at that point. Uh, if it's anything like last year, the Blue Jays uh, probably are not going to be looking forward to that because last year did not go well at all. As uh, Heesier just got tackled, no penalty in the Devils game, so that's not exactly surprising, but not a great call either. So <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah, I, I can't hide it, man. It's it's been that kind of season. We're not we're not even leaving Montreal, and there's still about five minutes to go in the first. I mean, that's if, if we lose this game, it's going to be 
real bad. <laughs> well, and that kind of flips but, us over to the, anyway, we'll the good old about, hockey talk, I guess, unless we're still moving with baseball. We can switch it if it's on the mind. So we'll switch it because I could talk baseball all day. I mean, I've got the depth chart pulled up. We'll have to do an episode where we kind of predict out uh, what we think will happen. Oh, don't get down. Don't get down. It got down. The Blue Jays have blown the lead. It's 7-7. Seven to seven. Oh, boy. Still nobody out in the fifth inning. We have an absolute score fest. <laughs> Burner, man. Holy I'm shit. I'm not lying. I love this. I hope this is I, how the Cubs I, game is here in about 40 minutes because I'm going to be <laughs> stoked if it is. Oh, boy. Because the Blue Jays have... Also, they've led by three. They've trailed. They've led by three. They've trailed. Jeez, it's wild. But, yeah, we'll talk uh, depth and all that uh, in a different episode. As uh, So we'll talk hockey. It's I, I, I kind of don't even know where to start with it because it feels like the, the Devils right now, they've lost three of their last four are in a stretch of games. Because March is like a week away. I don't know if anybody's looked at the calendar. Because this morning I woke up and, you know, you're thinking about where you're at in the year. And 2024 has been off to a hell of a rocky start. Um, Freaking March is a week away. And you and I talked about there was going to be a stretch between the brutal part of February and the upcoming part of March that the Devils are going to have to win. Well, we're here. They have Canadians, Lightning, Sharks, Ducks, Kings. Those five games, if you don't win, say, three of them, you lose, which we lost to the Canadians, Sharks, and Ducks, and Kings, and Lightning in this season. If you don't figure out how to take, say, three of those games, by the time we get to the Panthers, Blues, Hurricanes, Rangers, Stars, Coyotes, Golden Knights slate, it won't even matter. Because you're going to be so far dug in a hole. Because you look at the standings coming into today. We'll give our good look at the standings. Or look, I wouldn't even say they're good at this point, but (laughs) that's just uh, where we're at. Devils are at 60 points with a slew of other teams in the Metro. Caps, Islanders, throwing the Penguins at 58 points. Why is that significant? Well, seven points separates the Flyers and everybody else. The Devils, unlike some teams we'll talk about, don't have a game in hand on anybody around them, really. Uh, Blue Jays have uh, allowed the bases to be loaded in this fifth inning with nobody out. This game's about to have its first uh, team to score 10 runs. We might need 15 runs to win this game today. Um, Rangers... Uh, Hurricanes and Flyers are top three. Devils are seven points out of the division. Eastern Atlantic is a really good battle. Toronto, we'll talk about them coming up. I played a game that surprised the hell out of me. I don't know how everybody else felt about it, watched it, but Bruins, Panthers, Leafs, top three in the Eastern Atlantic. Six points back of them, the uh, Wings. You go out to the West Central, really good battle here. Winnipeg, Dallas, and Avalanche all within one point of each other. Uh, Jets have three games in hand on both of those teams. Then you go Blues and Preds. Minnesota Wild are an outside-looking-in playoff team, which is absolutely amazing to me. 
and tells you how bad the bottom part of the West falls off when you get outside the top three teams in each division. And then we have a Pacific race that is absolutely setting up to be fascinating. Canucks at 80, they're not the teams I'm talking about. Vegas, Edmonton, and the Kings. Vegas is 70 points in 57 games. Edmonton has 68 points in 54 games. And the Kings have 66 points in 55 games. So you start mapping this out. Edmonton's played three less games than Vegas. So say they max their points, they'd be 74 and 57. The Kings are two games worse, or have played two less, I should say. Map that out. It would be 70, 70, and 74. So follow that with me here. Edmonton would be second, Vegas and the Kings would be tied for third. There's a chance Vegas might be nothing above a wild card team. There's a lot of hockey to be played. Not as much as you think, unless you're Edmonton, who somehow only played 54 games already. So you look at the wild card race, we'll start in the West, because it's not as painful as talking about how the Devils are on the outside (laughs) looking in. The West Central... Dallas, 76, Winnipeg, Colorado, 75. So that's it. Those are the only three teams in that division that are going to be in the top three. Blue Jays have given up a run. They've got two outs, though. So they went from bases loaded, 7-7, nobody out to second and third, 8-7 Phillies. Uh, That's still in the top of the fifth. Devils have not scored. Neither have the Canadiens in uh, Newark. And there it is, 10-7. Damn. That was absolutely hammered. Oh, Holy boy. Holy cat. That was hammered. That guy got a triple out of it. Holy Moses. Philly's bats coming God, alive, doing what they the do. Replay. That guy got a freaking triple out of that. He missed the home run. Boy, I can't wait to watch. This guy is fast. Probably by two number inches. 18 for, number 18 for Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, he didn't play that well off the wall. Triple 10-7, so called it. You heard it here on the podcast before it actually happened. Somebody is going to have to score 15 runs. Talk about the broadcaster's jinx there, bud. (laughs) Talk about a broadcaster's jinx. uh, The old Blue Jays pitching has another guy coming in. Anyway, so you look at the West Central. That's a three-team race. But you look at the Western Pacific Division, that's really a four-team race now. Unless you unless you want to say discount Canucks, say they win it. That's another three-team race. So Canucks at 80, Vegas 70, Edmonton 68, and the Kings 66 are a wild-card team. And then you look at the second wild-card spot, you have another collection of really five teams, 62 points for the Blues, 62 for the Preds, 64. For the Wild, Kraken and Flames both 59. So you have a a four-team race for the second wildcard spot. You've got a three-team race in the Pacific to figure out who's going to be second through fourth. And you have a three-team race in the Central to figure out who's going to win the division. And this is all with about, say, 24 to 27 games left on the slate for those teams. So the West is really setting up to be interesting. Teams we haven't talked about because I don't think they're going to be horribly relevant. Coyotes, Ducks, Sharks, and Blackhawks, uh, who are 9, 
17, 24, and 25 points out of the Calgary Flames, which is the last team that you really could see making a run to the playoffs there. Boy, Devils are trying to give it up in the last 18 seconds of the period. <laughs> they don't, but they're trying to. They're working so on then it. They moved to, yeah, yeah, don't tempt space because they'll figure out a way. Then you move out oh. to the East. You've got the Atlantic Division, which is a two-pony race, the Bruins and Panthers, which, I mean, take your pick. They'll probably be the two teams playing in the second round anyway. Because if the season ended today, Boston would get Tampa and Florida would get Toronto. I see both Boston and Florida winning that. We'll talk about who gets out of the second round uh, once the postseason gets a little bit closer. But So there's that race, Boston and Florida. In the Metro, you've got teams separated by six points, so there's not really a big race there. Uh, New York, 79 Carolina 73 and the Flyers 70 or 67 end of one no score between the Devils and Canadians. See, have a little faith. Just have faith. I don't know that zero zero is me having faith, but sure we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, Toronto 72 points. Uh, then you go Wings, Lightning, and Caps, Devils, Islanders, and Penguins. And somehow the Sabres, who are not good, are only four points worse than the Devils. Uh, that's another one of those you don't love to see it. So that gets interesting, too, on the wild card side is the teams are so clustered together that are non-wild card teams. So you have Detroit and Tampa, who will flip back and forth, 66 and 65. Then it's a 5-2 nine-point spread between first team out of the wild would be the Capitals slash Devils slash Islanders, then two back to the Penguins and two back to the Sabres, and then Canadian centers, Blue Jackets are all non-threat teams. Calling Buffalo a threat may be generous, too. I don't really see them making a lot of noise, but they're right there about the same spot the Devils are, so you got to look at that. So, in a long-winded if the season ended today, the matchups are probably about the same as they were last week. Florida-Toronto, Carolina-Philadelphia, the Bruins would get the Lightning, and Detroit would go to the Rangers on, on the e, uh, west side. Winnipeg would play Colorado. Vegas would play Edmonton. Uh, then it would be the Canucks getting the Blues, and the Kings would get the old Dallas stars so there you go devils coming up talk about the devils and uh, golden knights that they have coming up devils have canadians today lightning tomorrow then sharks tuesday ducks friday a week from this sunday they get the kings and this is an important five great game stretch because by the time we have not next week's podcast the week after we're going to be talking about devils panthers again and the panthers are kind of the beginning prelude to what's going to be another brutal run of games against teams that are that are solid. And, you know, the Devils will see where they're at after these five because, yeah, it could get interesting. Golden Knights, you and I talked about it, but RC just got back from Vegas. Oh, boy. And uh, oh, you boy. know how we talked about Mr. 9-0-1? No. Well, believe it, 
or believe it, <laughs> the Golden Knights lost in regulation. So, talked to RC yesterday. The Preds beat them 5-3, and the Maple Leafs kicked the shit out. <laughs> and that was the game I was talking about earlier. I can't, I couldn't believe what I was watching on Thursday night. 4 nothing after one. Holy this shit. This is in Vegas. This is in Vegas. Oh, boy. 6-1 after two. The Golden Knights get two right out of the gate, made it six to five, six to three, I should say. But I mean, holy moly, man, that is getting the dog shit kicked out of you. That seven to three oh. to Toronto. So his record for those keeping score, and this is straight from him. I don't necessarily buy into this theorem, but nope. His record, according to him, having seen his team. That is the Baltimore Ravens one time and the Golden Knights now 11 times, I think. Not quite sure. Yeah, 11. Yeah, 11 times. 9, 2, and 1. And Nick and I were talking about this. And uh, throwaway by the Blue Jays makes it 11 to 7 on the throwing error. Oh, excellent. Boy, we're having a hell of a time getting out of this inning in the <laughs> fifth. Um, I don't know if I subscribe to the whole overtime loss now I'm trying to think back to you know I've seen the Devils quite a bit I've seen the Blue Jays quite a bit so because baseball doesn't have that rule if you lose in extras in baseball it's just a loss you're out you're, okay? you're because done. you either win or you lose so hockey has that overtime point so he says he's nine and two to me that's nine and three agreed very much agree. Because you and I you and I were laughing about this before the show. I'm super intrigued. Next episode, I'm gonna try to have put together a nice list of games I've been to and my team's record. Spoiler, if they're above five hundred, I'll be shot when I've seen them. <laughs> the uh, devils barely, barely show up when I see them. They make their I mean, they make their runs a little devils, bit. Not when I watch them, they don't. Uh, another hit for the Phillies in the game of Snowy, 11-7. First and second, this nightmare of an inning can't get over fast enough for the old Blue Jays. The nightmare continues, by the way. But I want to I pick the brain of our audience. If you see a hockey team, I don't know how many of you go to hockey games or whatever, and you see your team losing overtime, would you actually, if you're going to a conversation with somebody, and you and I were playing this out, it sounds so stupid. Would you actually lead off with, okay, say the conversation's been, I've seen my team this many times, yada, yada, and the record of 9-2-1. and one. Would you actually ever, ever talk about the loss in a way that makes it sound like 9-2-1, and one, or would you just go 9-3? and three? Because if it's me... And I guess I maybe I'm accustomed to my team's losing, so it doesn't annoy me as bad. Nine and three, nine two and one. What the hell's the goddamn difference? It's it's the same thing. I mean, you got an overtime like, I mean, I loss. The principle. Yeah, I understand the principle of what he's getting at. Of they they lost in overtime, but you're never going to go to somebody and say, "Well, my team is a record of nine two and one." What I've seen them. Like you're not comparing points. You're comparing wins. Yeah. Like, if you were to say, I've seen the Cubs, Nebraska, and whatever, and they have a record of 11-7, and seven, 
I'd be like, well, that's cool. I've seen the Devils and Blue Jays, and they have a record of I don't know what because I haven't looked it up. But I just I don't I can't see a situation where you're going to compare overtime losses. You get that one guy that's sitting there that's with his friends, and they have this whole running bet of a lifetime of where, yeah, we're going to count points for for losses in overtime. So now you get this yeah. extra thing. It, no, you're guys you are not that. No. thing where you. And a buddy of yours or a couple buddy of yours would have to oh start gosh. the season. Oh my God, did that leave the yard? Sure did. <laughs> oh, we have an ass blasting going on in Dunedin. Holy smokes. 14 7. There you go. Oh he finally God. caught up. I've been sitting here wow. staring at this 14 7 score. Oh my God. Well, you know I that, think you're going to need more than 15 runs. Yeah, well, the online, fun fact, the online Google still has it 7-4 to four in the bottom of the fourth. That's sad, man. I've got, oh I've got, God, fifth, that's a er, run fifth inning. I've got 14-7 in the bottom. They got another one? Oh, I thought you were about to say 15-7. No, Jesus, uh-uh. They got another one? No, your bleeding stops at All 14. Right. You're, you're welcome. Wow, wow, thank you for that wonderful spoiler. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm but just helping I, you. You would almost you would, yeah, well, you would just yuck it up when we go and beat your ass in August. Oh, you won't think it's so funny. Calm down. Um, or when we beat you in a couple weeks, uh, your beloved Florida Panthers that you don't ever watch. When we beat them, then you can yuck it up. I'll be anyway, watching them. Don't worry, I'll be watching. I just think that the the overtime lost and like bragging about it in that way. You'd almost have to go like calendar start of calendar year in January and make like a bet amongst people. Yeah. Of like you count points because otherwise, I fail to see who gives a shit whether you lost in overtime or whether you lost. Well, and that's my thing because like I mean, sure, overtime's more entertaining. It still well, counts like, as a loss, dude. I mean, you mm, lost in overtime. It like, really doesn't matter. And that's the thing that on the hockey scoring, yeah, uh, especially, I don't get that. It's like, dude, you still lost the game. Well, I like, love it. What's the point? I love it because then you force yourself an extra period. Because if you lose in a shootout, you should get something. Yeah. So, like that on that front, I get it. But you're not competing against anybody for points. No. Nobody's going to sit at a bar, get out a pad and paper, and write down their win loss total and try to do quick math on it. Well, you're 10, 5, and 3. Well, I'm 8, 7, and 14. Oh, we got to count these points up. Bro, could you like, imagine that? that? Could you imagine that conversation in a bar? It's just like. You, you know get, how broke oh. you would have to be to be like. To, to, to micromanage oh. what you've seen to that level. That's insane, dude. Like, and, and part of it is, part of it is, it's the Devils that beat them in all the time. So I will be very intrigued to see when they have, when he watches his team inevitably lose again in overtime. Do we go with nine two and two? Nope. Or do we nine just four? Knock the shit off. Nine and four. And just go to nine and four. It's nine and four. That's I'm I'm sitting. You know, okay. It's the first time you've seen your team lost. You lost to the Devils. You're mad about or whatever. But like now that he's seen his team lose twice, we're still going with nine, two, and one. And I'm like, it's nine and three, nine and three. 
three, thrice. Interesting to me. Oh boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm. I just want to hear what the audience thinks about this because it's so interesting. Because we'll we'll clip know. it. We got it marked. See my team. We. I haven't had the fortune to see my team go undefeated at any point when I've watched them ever. Man, the Blue Jays and the Devils. Unfortunately for me, neither one has been tremendously good in the last uh, decade, give or take. Blue Jays in 2016, Devils in 2012. I mean, that's the last time either one made a run that was worth talking about. And also, for the audience's sake, we're talking about going to the game. Because if you talk about watching how many games you lost while watching on TV, that number is way, way more out the window. So, no, it's just in person. No, we're talking about... Physically in person, yeah, God, watching games on TV and counting them, that would be brutal. Uh, I got to go back through Good and see how many. Good figuring that one out. Well, I can start with Nebraska. I got to go back through a lot of L's on that one. <laughs> That's, yeah. But currently. The middle middle uh, from about 2000 and, God, 2008, 2009, Blue Jays to like 2014. Whew. Tough. You talk about an era with a lot of L's, buddy. Tough. The Cubs from that era. Tough. Yeah, so, yeah, no, we're talking about games you've seen in person, sitting in a stadium, not on TV, because that'd be brutal. If I break this down from how I am, I am the only one left on the show that is currently undefeated. Now, I will say my number is very skewed because I've only gone to see three games. I've gone to two Cubs games back in uh, end of July, early August last year, and then I went to one Husker game back in the day when they played Rutgers. All three were wins, so I'm 3-0 and on the God, board. Rutgers, that is the most Nebraska fan thing of all time. I went to see Nebraska when they played the Rutgers. Bro, that was my first ever Nebraska game, so I so was just talking, psyched. You're talking football or basketball? Football. I'm you're talking football. Football. Okay. That is the most Nebraska fan football thing. Of all the teams you pick, you pick the Rutgers because you're like, by God, we better beat these guys. That was the only tickets that were available, man. We got This is the funniest story about that. So I got a call from – this was back when I was like just before high school, I think. And I got a call from this number at the house. And like this was before caller ID. So I went and answered the phone. And this guy like answered it and he goes – Hey, how you doing? Is Rob there? And I was like, uh, no, this is Nick. And he goes, well, oh, you must be his son. Is your dad around? And I was like, uh, he's coming back. Can I like take a message for him? He goes, oh, well, maybe you might talk to him about this. I got Husker tickets, and I get them every year, and I try to I try to give them to people, especially that live in the state, and he lives all the way out in freaking California. <laughs> so, like, he'll make the trips to come up to it, but otherwise, if he can't, he'll just pawn them off to any family member or friends. I was like, all right, yeah, let me talk to him. So I talked to my dad, and I was like, hey, this guy called. And he goes, and he said, what? And I was like, he's got Husker tickets. Can we go? And he goes, let me call him back. And so just out of a random, just out of the blue, I got called for Husker tickets. So, yeah, I wasn't complaining at what game we went to. And the day was absolutely gorgeous. Like, it was mid-70s out, sunny the whole entire game. Oh, it was so so much fun. But, yeah, there's... There's my three games that I have on my list of only three teams that I've seen. Yeah, I can't even pretend to start that list right now. That's a long list for you. Blue Jays have first and second. Yeah, well, 
I was also, you know, I've seen a lot of Hawkeye basketball and Hawkeye football because my mom's a Hawkeye fan. So I'm going specifically, for part of it, it's going to be specifically Devils and Blue Jays, and then we'll put Hawkeyes and other other games I've seen in person that I can track down. Blue Jays score, let's go. 14-8. Here comes the seven-run rally, baby. One out, second and third. Ten runs is moments away, baby. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting because I don't think I have a plus 500 record when I've seen my teams. That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm going to be interesting to see what these numbers are. I'm excited for this one just to see how it goes. Because I think I have to hazard I've seen, I don't know, probably north of 10 MLB games, I'd say. Um, but that includes a couple where it was like, I saw Cincinnati and Kansas City at Kaufman like five years ago or four years ago, six years ago, somewhere in there for Father's Day. Where Joey Body Joey Votto tripped. That's bobbled. That's another run, baby. 14-9, but that is also an out. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. We'll have to break those numbers down because I think a lot of people will be interested to see where that – that number falls. Cause I mean, if you're a sports fan, it's like you care more about going to the game and actually seeing the team win. So it means a little bit more, but still it's always fun to kind of go back through and see, okay, so what is my record as a sports fan? Am I good luck or is it just bad I, when uh, I go? I was going to say, I'm the type that if we win, I feel so great afterwards. And boy, I tell you what, nothing pisses me off more than watching my team in person play like dog shit. Like, you know, we talked about the Dallas game I went to back in January where it was 6-2. to two. Nothing pisses me off more. And because none of my teams are regional. It's not like I'm driving to Chicago. It's not like I'm driving to Kansas City. I got to go either. You got to fly. You got to go across the, the country. If I'm, going, if I'm going to a home game, it's going to be Newark or Toronto, which is a flight. Or I'm on the road, and you're on the road with the home fans that, you know, I think for the most part, you know, in my experiences, St. Louis, uh, Kansas City was okay. St. Louis was actually a pretty fun group of people, which will pain the hell out of you being a Cubs fan. Ugh. But, like, the St. Louis Cardinals fans, I'm not going to lie, were pretty fun. Um, but, like, God, nothing pisses me off more than watching my team. And, like, the playoff game last year might be the pinnacle of games that I watched that just, God, that pissed me off. When the the – Twins hadn't won in basically 20 years, and it's my first time seeing the Blue Jays in the playoffs. And because, of course they did, they lost to the freaking Twins that day. Would lose the whole series, but yeah. Frustrating. 14-9, to we've played five complete in Dunedin. So, yeah, 15 runs may be the cap. Maybe 20. Maybe you need 20 to win today. If it's a twenty, if it's that high scoring of a game between both teams, where each team scores double digit runs, and it gets to like a twenty to seventeen game, oh, that would be kind of sick. Not gonna lie, but for yeah. professional baseball, I mean, you don't 14, see that very nine, often. Fourteen nine is one of those games in the regular season where you're left going, "God, we're gonna score nine runs and lose." This may be the only game all year you could score nine runs and lose. Granted, it's the. Uh, Spring training, so it's not. Oh man, Calgary, Montreal is uh, pressing the zone early. Don't love to see it. 
Oh, we started the second in Newark, by the way. T-shirt. Oh, I missed it. Cardinals are kicking the crap out of the Mets, eight to two. Holy shit! Hey, the Tigers got back on the board, nine to four. Good wow, Lord. there's no defense in any of these games. No, so I'm the Cubs game here kicking off in about four or five minutes. That's going to be interesting to to watch on the day. So let me ask you this: as a first preseason spring training game, would you rather see? 15 to 13, your team lose, or like 2 to 1, 3 to 1, 4 to 1, your team lose. I'd kind of rather see a high scoring game when it comes to preseason, just because it means that the offense is still hitting. And like we talked about before, I mean, you're, you're not seeing a lot of guys that are normally making their roster runs. Like, you'll get your starters right. in there. Like, I expect Christopher Morell, Ian Happ, to play a couple of innings today. Hopefully Dansby gets on the board just a little bit. But, I mean, it's more so I like to see the younger guys being able to hit and see what they can do. Now, here's the bigger difference, though. I would much rather see it be a high-scoring game on the fact of everybody's hitting. And even if it's pitchers that are throwing good and you're just getting hit around the yard, that's fine. But it's got to be clean defensively. If it's like a 14-run game and you're (laughs) just... Botching balls and like you're like you're the not team playing we defensively. Talked about at the college level that has yeah. six errors. Yeah, if that's my team booting the ball around my bat. Oh man. Yeah, we don't oh, need a wow. Texas Southern performance on that. But like I, I will say, if you're hitting good and it's back and forth with no defensive miscues or minimal defensive miscues, then yeah, I'm 100 percent excited for that. But if it is a pitcher's duel too, I mean that's that shows good for the pitching staff. So I mean, I would more. Long-winded story short, give me a nice, just clean game of a lot of runs being scored, and I'm happy. There you go. Yeah, I feel like the pitcher's duel, for me, is better served in the regular season. Agreed. I mean, it it might happen in the preseason, but it just feels to me like the preseason's where you kind of get all the, the quirks and all the kinks out of the team, where you're trying to, you know, figure out who the hell is going to be on your team, first of all. Yeah. Um, and then once you get in the regular season, obviously, I mean, a 2-1, 1-0 pitcher's duel. Oh, it's me up so all much day. fun. I mean, they suck to lose, but... Well, and that's I the mean, thing... I mean, you don't see a lot of offensive, like, 15 to 10 games. In the, I mean, they're not impossible, and you see them from time to time, but not something you see a whole lot. Boy, the Devils are trying to give up a goal here. We're three minutes in, and Montreal is surging. And that's the thing, too, though. Like, you look at the regular season between pitching duels, it's like for people that aren't baseball fans, it's they're going to get very bored. But if you really understand the game and just how it's been Montreal going... Montreal scores. Holy oh, cow, shit. this team can't get out of their own fucking way. Oh, my God. We lost to Montreal the first time. Four minutes, make it 3.06 into the second. Gallagher scores. And the meme of one to nothing them continues. Unbelievable. All right, continue your story. I just had to share the news that you've been criticizing me this whole episode, but the Devils probably were going to score first, and don't be so hard on them. Now you see why. Yep. He's so open, just outside the circle. You can't give Gallagher that much room. Nico Dawes has no shot. Alright, anyway. But, like, when you take a look at the, like a pitcher's duel from a non-baseball fan perspective, like, if you, for example, you take, like, a family member, or you take a friend that doesn't really understand the game of baseball, they're going to be like, well, this game is boring. Like, why? And that's why a lot of people don't like baseball is because if you get these low-scoring games, it's like, well, there's nothing going on. It's like, no, 
Your shortstop made a hell of a play. You got two diving catches in the outfield. Your pitcher's absolutely dicing people off, and he's on today. Like, I mean, there's so many different little things that need to go right for that than in spring training where it's just like, you guys have been throwing for less than a month. You guys are dealing with a whole new team of people trying to make their spot on the roster. It's like there's going to be a lot of kind of push and pull between that. But when you get to the regular season, your pitcher's duels in your your perfect game bids, your no-hitter bids, it means a lot more. So, Well, that and that's one of the gripes of baseball in general is that there is no time limit on it. Exactly. Is that, how's that not interference? Mercer just got pushed across the line, so the Devils are offside. Well, that was crap. Um, that's the, and that's the thing, as a baseball fan, the whole clock and speeding up your afternoon at the ballpark when you go and watch it, on TV doesn't grind my gears so much, but when you go in person, you're expecting to be, I don't know, say three hours, three, yes. four hours. That's now cut in half, essentially, two hours, whatever, and changed. That was the thing last year that I wasn't exactly keen on, but I can see basically it seems like pro baseball is trying to work with a bunch of squirrels and chipmunks to get a, keep people to pay attention to their sport, which, like you said, at points, the action can be minimal. Not not nothing, like you said, they'll but be minimal. diving after this, that, and the other, but minimal. Where everything in the, the, the world we live in now is so... Action needs to be at the forefront all the time, every second of the game. And baseball's fighting it. Yeah. And some of the rule changes are, it's apparent that they're fighting it. And, and that's the thing that I don't get as well is like, one, you're going to pay to go see this, see this game go on, no matter what sporting event it is. But like, especially for baseball, now that you're putting a clock on it and a time limit, well, not necessarily a time limit, but you're putting a time limit between innings on. It's like, I'm not going to go to the ballpark just to eat a couple of hot dogs, have a couple of brews, and watch a game go by in two hours or almost less at some points if the game's moving that fast. It's like, I want to sit there, and I want to watch baseball. Whether that is you're getting blown out or whether that is a pitcher's duel, it doesn't matter. But there there is the difference between you're dealing with the chipmunks and the attention people that need the, the ADHD just going across the board of they're looking, they're wanting to see home runs every single inning. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not what this game is. Speaking of home runs, Timo Meyer scores off a uh, Kevin Ball beauty of an assist. We're tied at one in Newark. Woo. And I think the funniest part about that whole time change in a game, per se, is now you can buy beer in games so much later than you've ever been able to. I mean, several oh, yeah. teams are selling beer in the eighth inning. And that, I mean, normally it's like the seventh if you're lucky, but now you're selling beer in the eighth inning because – the game's going by that fast, and I don't know. It's just – I don't know that it will ever revert to what it was where – I just hope we don't speed it up any more than we have. I agree Because with that. for those of us that go to the games yearly, I mean, I go to at least Blue Jays Twins yearly, and you've gone to several games here in the last year as well. I just think you take away from the ballpark atmosphere, unless you're going to open up the gates like two hours early to compensate for that. Yeah. Where you can, you know, hang out in the ballpark. You can get your hot dogs. You can drink your beer. The two hours leading into the game. I just don't think you need to shorten it any more than what it's already been short. I mean, every other game, 
football's a three-hour affair plus. Hockey is, I want to say, three hours plus probably as well. Like, you're already getting to the short end. I mean, if you go a regular or a long game, wow, they just missed a three-on-one breakaway, did Montreal. Um, I feel like you're just I – don't, I don't know why you'd shortchange yourself more than you're already doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because it's like you're – I wouldn't necessarily say you're losing a lot of money on that aspect, but, I mean, for an organization, I mean, you're not – you got people still always walking around and everything, and like that was the big thing. I had never been to a major league, like a full major league game, so I had yet to actually see what that atmosphere was like. I've been to minor league games, I've been to Storm Chasers and the Cubs, and you got people walking around all the time. But especially at, at a big stadium, you've got everybody going around. There's TVs everywhere, so I mean, you're still watching the game. You got all the fans coming from out of town buying souvenirs and stuff. You really aren't losing that much money. And here's the thing about that too that. There's two types of fans in any sport, and I think Montreal just got called for a hooking penalty, I think, based on their reaction. Uh, nothing official yet. Um, the, the part of the game is, and part of going to these is, Matheson got called for something that he's pissed about for Montreal. Devils will go on the power play. You just, it, it's not just watching the game. Part of it is, and, and, Last year for the opening day, it's a great example for me. I hadn't been to Bush Stadium in years. Yeah. In a game of meaning. I mean, the, I think the Cubs and Cardinals played the year before, but it was in the back part, and both teams, you know, kind of had seen where their season was going. But that opening day atmosphere is something I've never experienced to that point. You want to be able to have enough time to walk around the stadium, see all the the – the fan things going on, you know, teams have like, I don't know what a good example is, but like bags or whatever. Yeah. You're you're playing bags or whatever, whatever off the side, off to the side stuff you have going on. You want to have time to see that. And, you know, with baseball being as fast as it is, you can literally go leave for getting a beer, bathroom, food, whatever, go check out the stadium in the fourth inning. No joke. By the time you come back, it can already be the eighth. That's how fast this is moving. Where years pass, you leave in the fourth, you probably come back, I don't know, six, maybe seven. But you lose so much game time just going out to explore the stadium that, I don't know, that's something that I'm definitely not keen on. No, it's like I want to... Because I'm not the type that's going to sit there and every single time... um, sit in the seat the whole time. My brother's one that when he goes to a hockey game, it is sit in the seat, that's it. You don't move around in between periods. And that's one where definitely not the same there. I don't know what Matheson's crying about. That was the interference hooking. You take a pick. Devils should be up 2-1. They go on the power play. But that's, that's where it gets interesting to me. It's just the different fan philosophies of, well, I bought my ticket. I'm going to sit here and watch every second of the game. Which in baseball, I mean, you kind of have to because there's no intermission. But for hockey, I mean, you got 20 minute intermission between the game. I mean, just move around, stand up, stretch your legs, go, go get some buy food, a beer. get yeah. a hot dog. Yeah, like, seriously, get a hot dog and a beer. Use the bathroom. You know, it's all good. But yeah, well, baseball is—it's interesting to where baseball is going with the short um, attention span of everybody currently. If there's not just action all the time. 
Well, and that was the biggest thing for me, like walking around Wrigley. It's like, one, I'd never been to Wrigley in my life. So, one, I wanted to walk around and check it out. But two, most of the time, if I walked around, it was to either go use the restroom, which was down on the lower level because we sat up in the seats in the outfield. It was to go buy some some food. And then before we even got to the seats, because we would get there early enough, we did all our walking around quick then. We got our, our beers for the first half of the game, and then we went up. And then if we needed to, we would send one person to go get or one or two people to go get beers, and then we would rotate it. Because, I mean, we went with the whole family. And so we were just switching through, switching through, switching through, so everybody could still watch the game on the TVs or in the middle of the innings because we were next to a beer line that never got insanely long, so we were just going right through it. If you prep it right, you guys can get through no problem. Like, if you know what you're doing going through it, you guys can get through well, not miss any action. You're, that's assuming you're there with multiple people and yeah. you're not there by yourself. Yeah. Agreed. Or with like two of you. Um, yeah. But no, like you said, there's there's ways to work around it. I just wish the uh, in the stadium time was a little bit longer than it's been. Yeah. I or it was that. last year. My laptop died, so I can't watch the Cubs yet. So they're, they kicked off with the Giants. The Cubs got a hit in the first, I saw, and then that was about it. So spring the training. The is currently off. in the top of the sixth have first and second uh, nobody out in a 14-9 deficit. The Devils are on a power play, which they've done next to nothing with, with uh, 51 seconds left on it. Let's see what we got. Let's see which one of my teams scores first. I put my money on the Blue Jays. <laughs> Probably. I would say, judging <laughs> on that. I'm hoping I'm wrong that the Devils just light the lamp up here real fast because, you know, Hockey's going to move a little bit faster than baseball is, but and the Blue Jays got to get a couple runs in this inning. You're down five now. What inning are they in? Is it the seventh yet, or is it still sixth. the sixth? Sixth. Bottom six. I mean, you're down five. You got to get it with second or first and second. You got to get one. Oh yeah, you got to start kind of picking up the speed one. here. Devils down below with Halla. Well, this is this is intense. I've never been so intrigued to see what happens here. Devils on a power player like two for the last like forty six or something. Good lord! And they're about to be two for the last forty seven because they have done nothing with another power play squandered. Three, two, one. We're still tied at one, and the Blue Jays don't get a run in. Base hit, base is juiced, but nobody out. Oh, this is this is what I'm talking this about. This is man. action right here, this folks. Is what makes sports exciting when you have multiple teams and their seasons overlap a little bit. But uh, I do have an update as well. Pokemon, there is no update this week because I haven't had time to play it at all this week. So we're still in uh, Cinnabar Island, I think. Find my game here to update where we're at, even though Lazar got tackled. Where's the interference, man? Oh, come on. So, so far, neither one scored, by the way. So, this is ongoing. Uh, We've got Mercado at the plate. They're juiced. And a 1-1 count in Dunedin. And we've got a 1-1 game in Newark. And we've got a Game Boy loading so painfully slowly at the moment. Isn't that just the best? You got everything going high pace, and the one thing that you really want to do is slow Get down, get down, get down. That ball's down. We've scored 10 runs plus in this game. Hell yeah. Send the guy from third. He did. Bases clearing double for Mercado. 14-12. Let's go. Hey, yo. That is big. 
That is big time. I I am. Blue Jays were the first ones to score, by the way, so I don't know that that's a flex for me calling that or if it's just a sign of the time with the Devils. But, yeah, Blue Jays, bases clearing double. They're back within two. Game Boy is finally loaded. So we are on we're on the we're in the Pokemon Mansion on Cinnabar Island. The current team Bunch Foul. Um Haunter, Primeape, Doug Trio, Growlithe, Blastoise, and Jolteon. Pretty sure last time we talked about how Jolteon is the most ripped level wise, but Blastoise is the most ripped uh stat wise. So, yeah, nothing has changed there. I'll try to get back on the horse but uh, for the game here because I haven't been doing that. Um, we've seen 104 types. We own 50. Um, let's see here. That's kind of a look. I was hoping to – oh, I clicked the wrong part. Uh, we have obtained five of eight badges. Uh, Blaine – is going to be the next one in Cinnabar, the fire type. And we still sit at 38791 Pokey dollars for the old Game Boy and the fire red run. So there's your update. There is no update, but some cool stats. Montreal drives in and absolutely just whiffed it wider than that. So there we go. There you go. That's my update for Pokemon. Blue Jays are uh, only losing by two runs now in a game that is featured – 26 runs to start things off. Spring training back, and I am here for it. That's crazy. 26 runs in a spring training game combined. Throw that all around. We love it. I'm trying to check the score of the Cubs and the Giants. It's still 0-0. That game is going into the second. Quick score around here for the NCAA before we kind of just keep wrapping up this show. Tennessee 21-6 over Albany in the ninth. That one on the SEC Network, 15-2. Louisville trying to get their their streak started back up with a second win in a row after playing a doubleheader last night against Bonaventure, 15-2. The Cardinals on top. Auburn, 15-3 over Wichita State. Kennesaw State and Clemson trying to avenge that loss of yesterday. 5-3 Clemson in the fourth. East Carolina on top of North Carolina, 2-0. Ball, or Belmont currently beating South Carolina, 3-1. South Carolina ranked in the top 25. Texas and Cal Poly in the third on Longhorn Network. This game is tied at zero. Vandy and Gonzaga tied at zero as well. Duke just pushed a run across the plate against Northwestern. Duke ranked 12th in the country. That game is tied one-to-one. And Texas Southern on top of Texas Tech early, two to nothing. Hopefully they don't give up another 32-run game. So that wraps up a little college baseball. And I think with that, do we have anything else to talk about on this lovely Saturday? Quick rundown on the old scoreboard for the NHL. 6-1, Red Wings thump the Blues. Talked about it. Devils are getting outshot by Canadians, 17-9. They're tied at one in the second. Lightning are thumping the Islanders, which helps the Devils, kind of. A little bit. Pushes the Islanders back, but Lightning are the team we're chasing. Uh, Blue Jays, 14-12-day trail with a pitching change looking like coming up. Uh, Lightning lead 3-0 in the second, and Rags and Flyers tied at zero that game in the opening frame. Games coming up tonight, Caps at Florida, Maple Leafs at Colorado, Bruins at the Canucks, Golden Knights at the Senators, 
Stars at the Hurricanes, Flames at the Oilers, Predators at the Sharks, Wild at the Kraken, and Ducks are at the Kings. That's a look around to the old NHL. And for those keeping track of the two games we've been keeping tabs on throughout, 7.30 to go in the second, Devils and Montreal tied at one in the game in the bottom of the sixth now. 14-12, the Phillies lead the old Blue Jays, and boy, the Canadians were trying to get one in right before the end of this podcast. Thankfully, Dawes makes the save on that shot there. What a day. What a show. It was a lot of eventful things. We had a lot of high energy throughout this podcast. Went through a couple of brewskis. Baseball is kicked back off. Hockey's still going. We'll cover some college basketball here, hopefully coming up as well, as that's kind of riding around the stretch here as March And Montreal scores. You can't make this shit up. Montreal <laughs> scores one for the road. Oh, my. The Canadians snipe one past Dawes, 6 53 and a go. 2-1 Montreal. Suzuki scores it in the second. Boy, you know, Toronto gets a three-run bases-clearing double to cut a five-run lead to two, and then the Devils turn around and give up another one to Montreal. You can't make this shit up. Unbelievable. uh, I was trying to get out of this podcast, by the way, before they (laughs) scored, because I knew another one was coming. They just banged it in from the right circle, uh, left circle, if you're looking at it, from Nico Dawes, and no one over there defensively. Suzuki scores his 21st. It's 2-1. to Blue Jays, two outs. See if they can push another run across. Home run ties the game as uh, Montreal is beating the Devils, and uh, that is not good. Not what you <laughs> want to see. That should be playing. You're on your home ice. You need to start winning. You need to start playing with urgency, and you're losing to Montreal. You hate to see a two and zero count on Francisco and the Devil uh, on the Blue Jays game. So there you go. That's where we're at. Montreal is pushing again. By the way. You just keep putting this freaking podcast longer. That one hits I'm trying, the top. I'm part. trying not to. I'm oh, waiting for you to get Jack. through this. All right. Well, oh, to, do the Blue Jays score? Because I'm about to wrap this up oh, so you don't have to go through any more hell. <laughs> All right, I'm, folks. You guys, in this podcast gets a firsthand look at what it's like being a Devils fan. And, I mean, it's a Blue Jays game that's in a prep. Spring training, Jesus, I just had a moment there. Uh, spring training, but, you know, you get a good look at what it's like to be a Devils fan because you've listened to the you know, entire first two periods of this game, basically. Devils down 2-1, now 5-40 to go second. Blue Jays down 2-3-1, and one, and that misses. We've got first and second, so there you go. There we go. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to this two-hour-long podcast episode once again. If you guys have made it this long, we thank you. If you guys tuned out somewhere, well, hopefully you enjoyed what you listened to because you know what? If you're new to the show, we go this long, and if you're old to the show, then you know how long we go on this show. So, without further ado, so we can get JC out of here before the Devils give up another goal. We're going to cut it off today. Thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday, your Sunday, and a good start to the week in this lovely weather. So with that, this has been another episode of The Culvert Show. Peace out.